Mayo Clinic Radio presents a conversation about colorectal cancers with gastroenterologist Dr. David Alquist. The show hosts are Dr. Tom Shives and Tracy McRae. This podcast was recorded on March 1st, 2017. Tracy, according to the NIH, the National Institutes of Health, colorectal cancer is the fourth most common cancer in the United States. And and some statistics show that it's actually the third most common cancer in the United States. But one thing pretty much everyone agrees on is that it is the second leading cause of death from cancer in the U.S. Now, most cases of cancer do begin as a small, non-cancerous, benign clump of cells called a a polyp. And over time, some of these polyps unfortunately turn into cancer. Polyps may be small and produce few, if any, symptoms. For this reason, doctors recommend regular screening tests to help prevent colon cancer by identifying and removing polyps before they are cancerous. March is Colorectal Cancer Awareness Month. And here to discuss colorectal cancer, gastroenterologist, Dr. David Alquist. Dr. Alquist, great to have you on the program. Well, thank you, Tom. Colon cancer, the, the third or fourth most common cancer diagnosed in the United States, it's, it's a good time to start thinking about it, isn't it? Well, absolutely. <laughs> uh, there is a challenge here, as you alluded to, but there is an enormous opportunity to make a difference, to change the outcome from one of the most common cancer killers to one of the least common with effective screening. And March being Colorectal Cancer Awareness Month, it's a good time to have this conversation. Even in the last 10 years, it seems like to talk about awareness for colon cancer doesn't even seem like it should be needed anymore. But it's changed a lot even in 10 years, hasn't it? Well, you know, it... uh, there have been some, definitely some positive changes, new tools to screen. Uh, the, the remaining challenges, however, I think should be brought to the, to the fore. And now. is that and still convincing people? I think education is a big part of that. Uh, you know, the, the good news is we know that detecting polyps before they become cancer can actually prevent this cancer. And if you detect the, the cancer at the earliest stage before symptoms, it's virtually curable in, in over 95, even 100% in some series. So with effective screening, we can make a difference. The challenge is even knowing that mm-hmm. uh, records show, not, not surveys, but records show that only about half of the population has been screened. So there's a big gap, therefore there's a big opportunity. You know, there's a recent article published just, I think, this week, uh, and it was a new American Cancer Society study, and it, it seemed to be, at least to me, of real concern, and that is, the article said that people who were born in 1990 uh, or later have double the risk of colon cancer and four times the risk of rectal cancer, true? Yes, uh, there have been a number of studies, Tom, that have shown that colorectal cancer is increasing in younger people. In fact, uh, in the last few years, more than 11% of all colorectal cancers have occurred between ages of 40 and 50, where we're not currently screening that population. And there's even, the, the increases relatively are even greater in those younger than 40. So there is a trend here. 
Uh, we haven't explained that. It may be related to obesity, uh, to inactivity, which we know both of those are risk factors for colorectal cancer, but there may also be environmental exposures. There needs to be research to explain that. That's a trend that's worrisome, and we have to change that. Because in the adult population, there has been a, a gradual uh, but small decline in the number of cases of colorectal cancer, right? Right. It's, it's been it's real. It's been relatively small and relatively flat in the last uh, five to ten years. Uh, but there, it's, been, it's moving in the right direction for those older than 50, definitely. So if you're born before uh, or, uh, 1990 or after, it's interesting that you have a, yeah. you're at increased risk for yeah. colorectal cancer. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. Just, we're yeah. we're going to need to reexamine screening guidelines, which currently state age 50 and over, you know, with the uh, availability of you know, minimally invasive tools. Uh, there may be an opportunity here to start at a younger age. It all starts with polyps. What is it that causes a polyp to begin or mm -hmm. to grow? Where does that be, where does that start? Yeah, we, we don't know. Mm. It's it's likely starts with the DNA is altered in some way in those cells. Uh, radiation, chemical uh, changes. The DNA is altered, and then it 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 programs the cells to grow differently. Uh, and polyps grow at a different rate. Not all become, in fact, most do not become cancer. It's the largest ones that we know once they've sort of declared themselves larger than one or two centimeters, they continue to grow, and uh, those need to be detected early in order to prevent the cancer. What happens to the ones that do not become cancerous? Do yeah. they ultimately get absorbed back into yeah. the body, or do they just stay there? Yeah, no, there, there have not been... Uh, careful prospective studies, you, you'd it'd be hard to justify that yeah. sort of thing following a polyp sure. without taking it out. Uh -huh. But we know, based on older studies, where they were doing colon x-ray still, where we had opportunities to follow polyps, many of them actually regress and disappear over hmm. time. Not all of them grow up. And, but once they get to a certain size, they seem, their growth seems to be accelerated. You know, before we talk about screening options, uh, and I know there are some newer ones that, and, and some pretty exciting that I know uh, we want to talk to you about. Let's talk about, are there empty, any symptoms? Are, is there anything that might tip a person off uh, to the fact that they, in fact, have colon cancer? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, currently, even in the face of screening, 60% of all colorectal cancers that are diagnosed present because of symptoms. Really? And, uh, yeah, we would like to change that to zero and detect them before symptoms. Sure. Uh, with those that are symptomatic, the average stage is more advanced by quite a large margin than if you detect it before symptoms. Meaning it's already spread. Right, but it's not universal. And you know, some, sometimes rectal bleeding, for example, is a common presenting symptom. Uh, altered stool pattern, uh, weight loss, cramping abdominal pain. Uh, many of those are still in a curable stage, and with those symptoms, those heralding symptoms, uh, patients should should talk to their healthcare provider. Does it make a difference which of those symptoms presents first, or is there usually it starts with you know cramping and then it becomes mm -hmm. you know is yeah. there a pattern? Well, it depends on where the tumor is located mm -hmm. within the colon. Uh, lesions that are closer to the rectum often present mm -hmm. with bright red rectal bleeding with the bowel movement. Uh, lesions that are farther 
to the far side near this so-called cecum, mm -hmm. uh, the bleeding is often not visible to the eye, and patients may present with fatigue and iron deficiency from chronic blood loss. Mm. Uh, so it sort of depends. Our topic, colon cancer, and we're talking with an expert from the Mayo Clinic, Dr. David Alquist. We'll talk in a minute about uh, the screening options to find those polyps before they turn into cancer. But first, we've got a myth or matter of fact. Colorectal cancer is a man's disease. Is that a <laughs> myth or a fact, Dr. Alquist? It is an absolute myth. Uh, combining the, the sexes, colorectal cancer is the number two cancer killer. It tends to occur a little bit later in women than in men, but over a lifetime, the lifetime risk is about the same between men and women. Uh, men, women live a little bit longer, and therefore the lifetime mm. incidence is about the same. Women tend to have cancers more on the right side hmm. than the left side, and that may influence again how, how it presents. The beginning of the colon rather than the end of the colon. Yes, hmm. exactly okay. right. But you're not off the hook. No, I, I think believe me. I, I think some. I think some people do believe that that is it is a man's disease. But in mm -hmm. fact, obviously not. Right. And what about hereditary uh, factors? Is there what did, what role do genetics play? Mm -hmm. they, they play a very important role. Um, in some inherited conditions, such as Lynch syndrome or familial polyposis there's a very high likelihood because of the genetic change that you were born with of having colon cancer during your lifetime. In some cases, the risk becomes higher than 80%. Wow. And so it's very critical to identify those family or families or kindreds with carrying those risks. But for the, for the average population, if you have uh, a close relative, such as a parent, a sibling, or a child, with colorectal cancer, that increases your likelihood. Uh, All right, now yeah. you indicated earlier that a significant portion of the population has never been screened yes. for colon cancer, and you want to change that, and we all want to see that change. So what are the options to get screened? Yeah, well there's, there's a, uh, a quiver of arrows now that uh, <laughs> patients can choose from. Uh, and this quiver has recently been updated by the U.S. Preventative Services Task Force. And uh, the so-called conventional screening approaches have been colonoscopy and fecal blood testing, uh, to a less extent, sigmoidoscopy. The newer approaches now include stool DNA testing and uh, CT colonography, which is a a CT x-ray approach to uh, colon screening. So you don't have to have the, the tube uh, mm -hmm. up your rectum and examine mm -hmm. your colon, you but still you have still have to, yeah. Prep, right? The <laughs> prep is the bad the part, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, You can tell I haven't had my first colonoscopy. <laughs> yeah, but, it's yeah. important. Colonoscopy, when it's well done, is an excellent approach. Uh, there is uh, operator dependency, and the, the quality mm -hmm. does vary across operators. But there is a new tool now. Uh, colonoscopy was uh, an issue for participation in that uh, in some surveys, up to half of all respondents <laughs> say they, they are unwilling or unable to take colonoscopy. And for many working people, taking two days off of work that is not reimbursed is an insurmountable barrier. 
to screening. And so we at Mayo Clinic have taken uh, an active role in trying to make a difference here. And we, we have co-developed a new approach that's non-invasive. Uh, it, it's, a, it's a stool DNA test. Uh, it's highly accurate. It's operator or user friendly. <laughs> and it's readily accessible. The accuracy in, in two very large population studies in the screening setting, the sensitivity for early stage cancer in one was 94%. In the other, it was 100% compared oh, to colonoscopy. Because in the stool sample, it shows, is there blood in there? Is it uh, DNA that shows up well, in there? What, it, do, what are you looking for? We have learned that uh, cancers and polyps mm -hmm. shed cells into the passageway, and they contain a DNA abnormality that's, that represents a signature mm. for, the, for their presence, and we can measure that in the stool. And so we, this test also detects large polyps with high sensitivity. It doesn't require a bowel prep. There's no medication or diet restriction, and you can do it from home. You don't have to miss work, and it goes wherever the mail goes. Access should be unlimited. Well, and also the reimbursement is pretty good. Uh, most insurance companies, uh, mm -hmm. Medicare, mm -hmm. uh, does reimburse for this test, yes. correct? Yes. When, when FDA approved this test, CMS, which is Medicare, did the first ever parallel review, and they approved it as well. So it's, it's fully covered by Medicare. Over half of the insurance companies now cover it by, by the end of this year or into 2018, all insurance companies should, really? should be covering it, yes. Oh, it, fabulous. And yeah. uh, you do have to have your doctor order it, though, correct? Yes, You can't correct. order it your, yourself. That's true for any screening test for colorectal cancer. All right. So you, you, yeah. you uh, put a sample into a box, yeah. have the UPS guy come, yeah. come pick it up, and yeah. you're done. And how long does it take to get the result? Uh, once it, the sample gets to the lab, the turnaround is, is less than a week, uh, wow. several days. Um, yeah, you you put the sample in the in the collecting device. That's that's well said, Tom. The box. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, it's 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 uh, from a patient standpoint. The the kit has a very simple collection device that mounts sure. to the toilet. The sample is is put into the container. The lid is screwed on, and it's shipped in the same container to the lab. I would imagine, though, as the case, the incidences of colon cancer continue to rise, that there are family members that say, I'm, I'm all in with testing. Where are we going to start? And, and mm -hmm. they don't even care if it's coligard or colonoscopy. Mm -hmm. um, that has to help with people's willingness to go through testing, or is yeah. that not happening? Well, we, we looked at the first 100,000 cologuard tests that were offered post-approval. 42% of those patients had never been screened mm. before, and that Incredible. was across all ages. That was exactly what we were hoping for. Sure. Yeah. Uh, and so we, we hope that uh, having access to a, to a test that does not disrupt work, that doesn't require change in daily activities, will make a difference in compliance. And at the end of the day, it's participation rates that count. Let's say you do a thousand tests. How many are going to end up being b a positive? Yeah, that's uh, it's, uh, f the positivity rate is about thirteen percent. Wow! Uh, but many of those patients have real disease. Mostly po polyps are common, and the test detects the large polyps. Out of a thousand patients, five to seven will have curable stage colon cancer without symptoms. Wow. Curable stage. 
pre-symptomatic. So, let's say that uh, unfortunately it is diagnosed as being cancerous, whether it's mm-hmm. through Cologuard testing or a colonoscopy. What? How are patients patients treated? Yeah. Well, if it's detected at the earliest stage before symptoms, some of those cancers are actually in polyps, and they can be treated endoscopically without conventional mm-hmm. So you surgery. mean through the colonoscopy through the colonoscope. can remove the, yes. remove the polyp? Yes. Uh, conventional surgery, there are many approaches there, depending on, again, where the tumor is located. Uh, it doesn't, in, in most cases, it does not require a colostomy. Fewer than 10% of all patients with colorectal cancer require a colostomy. That's, wow. a, that's a myth that's out there. In most patients... Their That's bowel function the is the same after surgery as before. And if the cancer has spread, is there usually, there are other modalities involved like chemotherapy, maybe radiation, but chemotherapy, the mainstay of, of, of metastatic or colon cancer that has yes, spread? Yes, yes, and there's a lot of progress along those lines. And even with metastatic cancer, if, if, the, if the spread is early and localized, that can be cured also by surgery. For example, a solitary metastasis to the liver or to the lung. That, if that's all there is, that can be cured with additional resection outside of the colon. Boy, there's so much yeah. reason for uh, hope, but obviously yeah. the key is to find it early. Tom, it's our, it's our goal, it's our hope to see colorectal cancer become one of the least common cancer killers in this country. And I think with accurate tools broadly and widely used, that's an achievable goal. Dr. David Alquist, gastroenterologist, colon cancer expert at the Mayo Clinic. Thanks for being with us. Thank you. For the latest in health and medical news, go to newsnetwork.mayoclinic.org.